Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Rule the Roost. Fresh from his holiday, uh, I have site editor Raj joining me. How, how are you doing Raj? Uh, I'm not too bad yourself, it's good yeah. to be home. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all good. How was, uh, how was Morocco? It was really nice, I mean I was, I was on holiday so I wasn't keeping my eye out for the new adult or anything like that or the Maron Shumak, but um, I had a little kick around myself so if they, they want me to switch allegiance from England and play for them I'll have a good think. Yeah, you reckon you got the uh, the techers, as they say on Soccer AM, to play for? Because they're all quite skillful players in Morocco. Is that a massive generalisation? No, I... genuinely. Um, there was one little Moroccan kid who couldn't speak a word of English that joined in the game like halfway through. Didn't look up, didn't pass the ball once, but his close control was beautiful. But um, in terms of my playing ability, I tend to just sit on the halfway line and don't track back. But That's there was a, a wonderful left foot volley finish and a goal from my own half that I did score, so... I reckon my input was was well well judged. Were you playing against a load of eight year olds, Raj? There was a couple of little kids, but there were a couple of their dads as well. So it was a good all kick about. So it was, it was quite fun. I was playing barefoot as well, just to you know try and fit in with the locals. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it, all I had on me, to be honest, I had a pair of Vans that I didn't want to kick in because it's another forty quid I'm spending when I get home, and I had a pair of sandals, so I wasn't playing in either of those. <laughs> so I just went went natural barefoot. Had a kick about. It was nice. Well, I hope you gave it a bit of old uh, Yorkshire steel, a few Dawson tackles, competitive headers in there. Well, yeah, you know? I, my dad was playing as well, and he told me off. For, I went through the back of someone and knocked him on his ass, and my dad just went, oh, <laughs> he told me off for just getting a bit too stuck in. Wow, you do it. kind of get a bit carried away, don't you? Yeah. You can take the boy out of Yorkshire, but, you know, there you go. No, I do get a bit homesick if I if I am if I'm out of the county for more than a couple of weeks. The only place that I don't actually feel too bad is in London, funnily enough, because... Um, it does feel like a, a home away from home, Aww. but um, in this county, it's um, there's, there's no place better. I don't blame you. Lovely place, but anyway, Crystal Palace. It was uh, it was a, you know it's a tricky season opener, I think, and I'm glad that we got the three points. Um, not I wouldn't say you can really talk about much, but the lads looked impressive. Paulinho stood out. I thought he was brilliant. He seemed yeah, to... I kind of, I kind of experienced the game twice, to be honest, because I, I followed the ninety minutes on the dodgy Moroccan Wi-Fi that I had, um, which was an experience because you get several different points of one, like one incident. You get several different viewpoints, so you you're trying to try and like get to the median of what has actually gone on. <laughs> And then when I got home last night, I, I watched the match of the day footage, and I was really impressed. To be honest, I mean it's nobody's going to be well nobody should be expecting pretty football from us this season because that's not the style of play we're going to have especially with the players we're bringing in are almost Stoke City-esque in their stature well Stoke City of the past 
but you know these these huge six foot odd men. The way I envisage it is, we're just gonna teams, especially like Crystal Palace, we'll just grind them down, and then we'll pounce because Chadley looked really good in patches. Um, he had a good couple of shots. Uh, his first touch doesn't look as sharp as I'd wish it was, but um, he should improve. Um, Lennon and Walker really stood out um, in terms of going down the right together. They were really quick. Walker looked like he'd, he'd gone back 18 months, which was very welcome. Um, but the middle, I mean, Dembele and uh, Paulinho looked like they would play together a year already, so that's that's huge. And then when Kapu came on, I mean, he made me Kapu in my pants when I watched him. Cause he's, he's <laughs> you've been, you've been keeping that one in reserve, haven't you, mate? Yeah. I, I wrote that about a week ago. <laughs> So if anyone wants to book me for the Edinburgh Festival, I am available. I, do, I think what really stood out for me with Paulinho especially is that he just seemed to make everything look really easy. He he didn't ever look like he was struggling and, and not in a bad way. You know, it seemed like he was everywhere. He was running all over the pitch, but every time he was in possession, every time he was going to tackle someone, he just looked so calm and at ease and just, oh, he looked like a real, a real pro, which is what he is. So that's... Yeah, I mean- when you break your transfer record to buy someone and you kind of want them to do that, I mean, the players in the past that we've brought in have taken a few weeks to, to bed in, but it didn't look like that. I mean, it took him all of about 30 seconds, I think, to judge the pace of the Premier League, which is outstanding to see. So um, I'm really pleased with that signing. And um, Soldado as well. I can't complain. One goal, one game. Yeah, looked busy, worked his worked his ass off as well, which was good to see. Um, he looked sharp already, which, you know, you can't complain about. Um, I would say for Palace, special shout out to Jedinak. He he was decent. I mean, that's a formidable like midfielder he was up against, and he he did shine for them. He got stuck in, and he looked like a decent player. So I'm happy to have him in my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, I've not played fantasy football this year. Well, the Wi-Fi aside, I just I end up forgetting a couple of weeks in. I think like most people do, but from the things I saw, he was putting himself about, and he was trying to break up playing Hassel and Harry, which is an important position for. Newly promoted teams to have, um, especially coming up, they're not going to have a lot of ball in the middle of the park unless, funnily enough, you Swansea City, and um, this this do seem to Holloway has seemed to have have got rid of that kind of flair play that he tried to promote at Blackpool, and he's and he has taken a step back with Crystal Palace to try and defend a bit more, which is why it was only the one goal for us because he did defend in numbers but um, yeah he, I completely agree for them he was a, a complete standout yeah well like you say you made little reference to Swansea City there and funnily enough they it's almost are... as if we're getting better at this podcast business isn't it I'm, and not uh... to get carried away you know the next 40 minutes might be shit but I'm quite proud of that right yeah so we are joined this week by Chris from Swans Blog hello Chris thanks for uh, giving us your time hello no, pro- no problems Right, and uh, I guess we'll we'll start um, with your with your summer. How how do you think it's gone for you down at Swansea? It's been really good. Um, no upheaval for once, which is always good. I mean, uh, as everybody knows, the last few summers has either been uh, our manager leaving or uh, some influential players leaving. But no, it's been good. We um, we brought a lot of players in, which we we needed to do to. Uh, improve the squad and and all that was done early as well so um yeah it's been a really good pre-season we've had you know six or seven friendlies you know there weren't very many against top opposition but still you have to beat who's in front of you and we managed to score a lot of goals and not concede very many although you wouldn't have noticed from watching us on the weekend but um 
Yeah, and we had a couple of Europa League games as well, which went really well. So the, the pre-season's gone pretty good and very, very happy with the transfers that uh, we've managed to get in as well. I was going to say, Boney looks like a, a, a really good acquisition. It's a bit of a beast, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's not bad. I mean, uh, I can't you know, say that I would have known very much about him before you know, he was linked to the club. And then um, you know, as soon as a player's linked to your club, you you get straight online and you? you have a look what other fans are saying from the from the clubs where they currently are get on YouTube have a, have a look at the goals they've scored or whatever but um, from the clips that I've seen from last season certainly you know for for somebody who seems quite short and squat he does he, he seems to be able to move pretty well and gets himself in the right positions and he's quite good in the air as well which is something which we've, which we've lacked at. you know only Michu was our only real aerial threat last season and to have Somebody else up top who, who's got that as well is going to help us out massively this season. Yeah, he's he's about six foot. Is um is Boney, and he, he as you were saying, he had a good couple of seasons in in the Dutch leagues with Vitesse before he joined mm. you lot. So um, he's he's a brilliant signing. There's a, a few, um, well, hastily said bigger clubs that were probably sniffing around him as well. But you did really yeah. well to to get him. Um, yeah. Paid a lot of money for him as well. Yeah, it seems. It seems like. Uh, yeah, we have. You know, it seems like we have done well to jump in ahead of a few other kind of uh, bigger clubs, I guess, and 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 get him. And you know, perhaps it was obviously Loudrup. There's a big pull there. People want to play for him, and maybe it's the style of play. There's obviously first team football as well. Yeah, exactly. He's, you know, he's he's guaranteed to start every week. You know, if he's fit, he'll be playing. So, and in the and to guarantee someone a, a first team spot in the Premier League that. It's difficult for them to turn down, really, isn't it? Yeah, especially coming from a, a league such as uh, the Dutch one. It's not, it's not as anywhere close to being as big as a Premier League. No, that's true. That's yeah, true. I mean, just hope, just hope that he can, uh, uh, you know, kind of replicate. You know, even if he can score half the amount of goals that he scored last season in the uh, Eredivisie in the Premier League this season, then that would be, you know, a massive boost for us. You know, we've seen players come across from Holland and do well but we've also seen the fair share of uh, of them come across with you know very high uh, goal scoring records in Holland coming across and then not doing very well here so I mean he started off alright on the weekend even though we lost so hopefully that continues well, yeah he can't be much worse than Alves that Middlesbrough signed a few years ago so this is true well let's hope not anyway I mean it's only he's only what he's, he's played two competitive games and he's or three competitive games and he's scored in two of them so and against yeah. Man United so you know so yeah not that's not start. bad yeah it's not a bad start like you say yeah, yeah. but yeah a bit of a bit of a freak result I thought to be honest you like the the first game for you against United yeah it was it was a weird one I mean the first 30 minutes so that I thought we were you know we were in control and we were probably edging the game really I mean yeah. we had a we had a couple of chances there was nothing uh, too clear cut I'd say you know United probably had a couple of efforts on goal as well but I'd say in terms of possession and, and play we were edging them and, and then I don't know what happened really I think we, we, oh, Robin Van Persie happened I think yeah. that's probably the explanation yeah you're probably right um, you know a couple of kind of lapses you give him it was literally a case of giving him half a yard and obviously you know in pre-season and, and against Malmo in the Europa League doing that you can get away with it and it just that just proved that you give somebody like that in the Premier League half a yard and they will they will punish you he's yeah. extremely clinical and yeah that was the difference I guess yeah. well, he's absolutely world class I mean as Spurs fans we've seen him do that to us for years be it always in a red shirt unfortunately so you know it's yeah. just one of those things isn't it I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he's got his fair share of goals against Spurs <laughs> in an Arsenal shirt, and probably last season as well. I'm, I'm for United, but um, 
yeah, he was definitely different. Yeah. So, I mean, what what do you, you know, what are your aspirations for the year now? I mean, how how do you think you're settling into the top flight? It, I would say you're you're pretty much a mainstay now, really. And that's uh, and that's weird to hear people say that. Um, uh, yeah, I think we are as well. I think you know, it was weird when we got promoted. We we came up, and I and I think there wasn't. Everybody has got confidence in their own side. You know, you're always confident that you can uh, match other teams on the day. But I was confident that we would stay up um, the first season. Last season was a big surprise. Um, the fact that we pushed on again with a obviously with a change of manager and and everything that goes with that. But yeah, this season I think you're right. I think we should. You know, we should comfortably stay up. That that shouldn't be a problem. And we should comfortably be mid table. But um, there's a lot of teams who were in and around us uh, last season. You know, Southampton, Norwich, these kind of sides. You know, they've spent big this summer. And um, yeah, the the um, I, I, I no, think it's going to be I think it's going to be tight again. You saw how tight it was. Mm. Um, you know, for, coming up to the last two weeks of the season. You know, there was what eight nine teams which were still mathematically could have gone down. So um, I think it's going to be tough. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be as um, it wasn't easy last season, but I, I, with the reputation that we've gained for ourselves now, that obviously gives the opposition that extra edge to want to put one over us, I guess. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be. A, a, I think it'll be tough, if I'm honest, to to better our position where we were last season. Um, uh, mid, I think any anything around ten, eleven, twelve would be a, would be a fantastic uh, position for us, really. I think the the way in which you've always managed to captivate the neutrals um, is your style of football. To be honest, I think that's what's always you know, seen me. Aside from the fact you're a lily white team as well, which is <laughs> always good to see in the league. That was a bonus. Sir. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, the the type of football that Swansea employ. I mean, I think it breaks that fallacy that teams that are promoted have to come up and just churn and play rugby. You know? Um, yeah. No, totally. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's great. I mean, we. He, you pay your money on a Saturday to go and watch football and um, you know there's there's some fans of certain clubs you know they're going to watch their teams on a Saturday and you know they're competing or whatever and they they may be winning but it's probably not a style of football that they enjoy but do we do count ourselves quite fortunate that when we go and watch our side at home on, on the way you know that, that no matter who we're playing regardless of their stature that we are going to we're going to play you know football basically so I can see why everybody is um has kind of been has taken that to heart really and, and uh, uh, kind of everybody's favourite second team I guess which is again it's weird when you consider where we've come from in the past yes. 10 years it's a welcome addition to the league when you see someone come up and actually want to play football I think that's why teams like Wigan have always got such a had such a, a want for them to stay up because they seem to to play in the right way um and then um, adversely why teams such as Stoke everyone seems to dislike because they do play in that they're almost the antithesis of Swansea's style of keeping the ball they just want to what they used to in the Pulis just wanted to hoof it yeah, and, um, yeah. I think that's I guess, that's why you, you kind of win people over yeah I guess I mean I mean really I mean there's no um, there's no right or wrong way for a team to be playing you, you, you play to your strengths I mean a manager joins a club and you know if he's got like Mark Hughes has joined Stoke now. There's no way he's going to get them, you know, spraying the ball around the deck and keeping it one, two, you know, one or two touch. Um, a club kind of gets set in their ways, I guess. And 
Um, we're just fortunate that um, kind of our the upheaval at our club coincided with some managers coming in who were more forward thinking and just thought, you know what, we'll tear tear all this up. What, what has gone on before? We can't get any lower. Just we'll we'll try this, and you know if it if it works, it works. That's pretty, you know it's a bonus. So, I mean, yeah. speak, speaking about managers, what's the feeling like towards Rogers? Because he kind of you know left you in the lurch a bit. Went to Liverpool. It was a questionable career move, given that yeah, Liverpool have got a lot of history and you know probably a bigger budget to spend. But at the same time, you know, they're not the team that they were even five years ago. Now, no, no. I mean, me personally, I. I, I don't know any grudges against him. I think the only mistake that he made prior to leaving was saying that he wasn't going to leave. <laughs> and I, I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're at a time now in football where you'd think people would learn. You know, don't don't say that. It's this, you know, it's this whole kind of. I think that back. we know well about that. I think um, saying you're not going to leave and then leaving is called the Sol Campbell. Uh, and I don't think I need elaborating on any further. No, no, exactly. And I just think that's the only mistake he made. I mean, there's no doubt that Liverpool are a bigger club than Swansea City. You know, their resources are going to be bigger, and 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 you know, and the, and the rest of it. And it was a huge opportunity for him. And obviously, at the time, there was a lot of anger because he had said he didn't want to go, which is, I guess, understandable. But I think now, because we've progressed again since he got us promoted, I think. Um, I think you just want to. I think nobody's particularly bothered by him at Liverpool anymore. I mean, there's just that extra incentive to beat them when we play them. To be perfectly honest, in terms of the actual the football that you play, in terms of keeping it on the deck and passing it about, mm-hmm. um, there seems to be some sort of uh, misconception uh, that it was Rodgers who put that in place, and it was because of him that you played that football. But even from the employment of when you were in League One, wasn't it when Martinez was in charge? Yeah. I- Martinez and Salsa, they they put that in place. It was it was their yeah. decision to to play that sort of football rather definitely. than it was Rodgers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it was very much Roberto Martinez who um, started this whole kind of uh, philosophy of the passing football and the possession kind of style of of, of play. Um, and we were very. I mean, I guess you you only have to watch Everton and Wigan really. Um, Everton on the weekend and, and, and Wigan last season that you know they were great going you know very entertaining going forward and nice slick passing but at the back they were you know a little a little bit suspect and I guess we were a little bit like that under Martinez we were great to watch great going forward but we would concede goals you know it, it was basically you score more than you know if they score four we'll score five kind of mentality and then um Obviously, he left, and and Sousa, he he came in, and he he added that um, more defensive nous really. And there was a lot of one nil wins. You know, a lot of people got quite negative towards um, Paulo Sousa. I think towards the, kind of the second half of, of the season that he was with us because it wasn't as free flowing um, perhaps as under Martinez. But you can't deny that his contribution to the football club has been was outstanding because you know he left um another manager has come in and, and has just has built on that you know he uh, rogers came in and he's he's had a, a solid defensive platform to build on and again he he then focused on the attacking side of the game again so um yeah every single manager that's been there uh, since you know in the last 10 years has had a major role to play and it just come in and just has, has just tweaked things ever so slightly and it's 
it's just kind of a kind of a evolution really over the past 10 years of the style of play it's the same it's pretty much the same philosophy but with the odd tweaks here and there and and, and I think unless you've been watching us for the past maybe uh, you know if you've been watching us from the championship onwards you'd be able to see it but over the last 10 years you'd be able to, you'd be able to see just the subtleties and um, yeah it's been fantastic to watch to be honest I mean as where would you say that you fall down? I mean, what would you say your weaknesses are at present? Um, oh, set, set pieces. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we feel you both, on that one, man. We feel you there. Both, both, both defensively and um, and going forward as well. Um, that's been our. That's that has that has just been our, our major down point downfall for as long as I can remember. To be perfectly honest, that's just something that we've never really addressed, and I think a lot of that comes from perhaps. Um, the fact that the kind of players that we've got at the club, everybody's extremely technical, great on the ball, you know. They, but with that comes a kind of, kind of a height disadvantage. Really, I mean, you only have to look at uh, the players that we've had in the centre midfield. You know, over the past few years, you know, we've got Leon Britton in the minute. We've had Joe Allen. Neither of these players are particularly tall. Our fullbacks, only this, uh, only ben, ben Davis this season really is any kind of height, and. Uh, I, I just think that's how that's the one point that that's the one thing that we failed to address over the last few years. And um, if Ben Davis is your tallest defender, he's actually five foot seven, so that's that's <laughs> well, quite he's, a, he's, a prob- he's probably a tall, one of the tallest fullbacks we've had in a while. But I mean, obviously, Ash- <laughs> we've got Ashley Williams and, and uh, Chico, but I think well, Chico just tends to just chuck himself about, and Ashley Williams likes to chuck himself in front of the ball. But I don't think either are particularly good at defending set pieces. I think. Um, for a team that's so organised with the ball and then so organised defensively in open play without it, how how we can be so unorganised from dead ball situation is uh, beyond me. But there you go. That's just something we have to put up with. If we can, if we continue to p- play the ball around, I'll take that. I don't mind. I mean, what's the general kind of formation that you you go with at Swansea? So we've got um, more often than not. Obviously, we've got you know we've got the the four, the four at the back, um, the full-backs, you know, re- very much encouraged to to push on, um, and and join in join in any forward play, um, overlap the wide players. Um, more often than not, we just it's kind of a three central midfielders in a kind of diamondish formation. I guess you'll have one deep um, Leon Britton, who likes to come and receive the ball from the goalkeeper. Um, then you'll have one then further on again would be kind of a, a key or a or a de Guzman, and then another then further forward, which would be a kind of a Michu or a um, or a John Joe Shelby this season. Um, on the weekend, we played two holding players. We played Canyas and and Britain, and um, it was good when we didn't have the ball, but. Uh, when we had it, we we, um, we didn't have that fluidity going forward because I don't think it was something we were particularly used to. Um, obviously, we just have the one central striker as well, and the two kind of they're, they're wide players, they're wingers, but they're they're encouraged to cut in. I guess in inside forwards, I guess would be their um, the role that you define them as, I suppose. But yeah, it, it kind of they all kind of rotate those forward the. the striker and the attacking midfielder and the two wide players all tend to rotate um, when we've got the ball so it's quite fluid it's just it's interesting when you say this because it's 
there's just so many similarities to us, our style of play, especially oh, yeah. what you're saying about like the, the set pieces. Yeah, we're, we're woeful attacking and defending set pieces. So yeah. at least I think we can both rest assured in this game that, you know, <laughs> there's not going to be much action coming in from there. Just don't, don't give away any free kicks. I think that's the... Uh, we'll both be... Uh, that's where we'll both be conceding our, our goals, probably, yeah. I'd imagine. But so. yeah, no, I think I think there is... I think both sides set up... Um, I think there is very very much a similarity in the in the formations that we both play. I would say that Spurs are very much more far more lethal on the counter attack than we are. Um, we've become far more efficient at the, on the counter attack since Loudrup has been with us, but um, because we've still got that, I guess that bit of a hangover from before, where it's very much possession, keep the ball, you know, kind of move it around, move the opponents out of position. We're not quite as as quick going forward as say. A, Tottenham or a Manchester United um, you've probably got well you've got more, far more explosive at the moment anyway you've got a far more explosive uh, uh, winger in uh, Gareth Bale so what, Wales is third team as they say about us uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> is, uh, well I don't think he'll be playing against you though actually I, no I can't I can't see him playing before the end of the transfer window um, I think they're going to with this phantom foot injury of his, exactly, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, be, I mean, it's interesting as a Welshman to see what's going to happen with him. I, I find it a bit. Um, it's a bit. Read reports in the past week that he's given people the silent treatment and all this, and it just seems a bit out of character for him. And I just hope that he's not going to um, shoot himself in the foot, perhaps if 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 a deal doesn't kind of uh, materialise, and then he's that's you know finds himself at Spurs for the rest of the season and he's kind of alienated himself from the rest of the squad I think that would be a bit of a a bit of a shame it'd be a shame if he doesn't play against you on the weekend as well because <clears throat> as a Cardiff boy born and bred he, um, he enjoys scoring against you a lot he, he, yeah he does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he scored a booty against us last season and uh, yeah it was that was a, a fantastic I mean that ball was in the back of the net before you even knew he was going to hit it I mean the ball just bobbled up and I I don't know where that came from. Yeah, it was a superb finish. He was quiet. He was pretty quiet before that. I think we've, we've done a, at the Liberty. We've done a reasonably good job of keeping him quiet. And then, uh, but you know, he's that kind of player. He's got that ability to win a win a match by himself, isn't he? You know, and uh, yeah, he popped up with that goal. It was a hell of a finish. I mean, speaking of that horrible lot, are you uh, are you actually happy to see him in the Premiership? Because we've often wondered this as Spurs fans. You know, if Arsenal got relegated, past the initial kind of hilarity. You'd kind of think, well, I miss having the derbies against them, and you know. Yeah, whatever. I guess there's that. I mean, yes, I mean, yes. Oh, oh, yeah, I am. I am pleased to see them um, there in a way because it, it means that we've got we've got the derby games back, and they are, you know, they're they're fantastic occasions. Um, but, and because historically, we haven't. You know, we, we we have never played each other as often as you know Arsenal, Spurs, or Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, United, you know Rangers, Celtic. These kind of these kind of derby games that you, you you're watching two or three times a season. That's never really happened with us. We've always, you know, both of us have yo-yoed up and down the divisions, and we may have passed each other for a couple of seasons here or there. But um, yeah, we never play each other that that often. So when they do come around, they are pretty heated affairs and um, I'm sure the game in uh, November is going to be no different really and um, it's been a couple of seasons since we've played them last and you know we've kind of uh, 
taken a lot of the headlines over the past few years and, and like you say we've taken a lot of plaudits from neutral fans and I'm sure they're going to want to I'm sure they're going to want to show everybody that there's not you know there's there's two teams in South Wales not just one so um I, th- I think they'll always struggle given the the whole off pitch stuff you know changing the kit that kind of thing you know this whole new against modern football type movement that already kind of pins them in that MK Dons bracket where people are already a bit kind of edgy about them not too not too fond of them yeah I think I mean there's yes yeah, that's a weird one that I think the, the, the kit for me personally I mean my, my my dad's a Cardiff City supporter so that is another reason Derby Day is going to be interesting um, he's, a, he's a season ticket holder there. he's from Cardiff has, um, he, has he disowned you Chris or is he no, no, no. Yeah. He's he's fine. He's been quiet for the past few years, so it's, yeah. it's not a problem. Um, and but there, there's been. I was. I'm surprised by the number of. You know, obviously there's a lot. There's been. There has been backlash to the the, the change of kit and the change of badge, uh, and all this kind of stuff. But I'm I'm really quite surprised by how quickly that uh, has been forgotten by you know the majority of Cardiff City fans. You know, there's. People are just happy to go along with it. You know, they're in the Premier League now, I guess, and that's that's been their aim for the past six, seven years when they've been in the Championship. You know, Premier League, and um, I guess if they hadn't got promoted, perhaps there would be more of a backlash. But people are just more than happy to go. Seem to you know, the majority seem more than happy to go along with that. Um, it's a shame, I guess. Uh, it's going to be weird playing. You know, the Derby game they're going to be playing in red. It's not going to. It's not going to be right. Lily White's against the Reds, so you you know which side we're going to be on anyway. So don't worry, <laughs> yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like having a tribute act. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it 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 provides a good link to talk about Stephen Colker um, and your yeah. thoughts about. I mean, I can't imagine he's going to get a good reception going back to the Liberty. Um, uh, I I I don't know. I hope we get some kind of weird, ironic applause. Like what <laughs> I, I I don't know. He, he said that obviously. Part of the reason for his move was um, he liked the area. How much of that is is true, I'm not quite sure. Maybe he's just kind of trying to get himself in with the Cardiff City fans because he's played for us a lot. But um, I'm, I'm I'm wondering whether he perhaps was thinking that we were going to come in for him and that that never happened. And I don't know. I, it's a strange one because I thought I thought he was good for you last season. I thought he'd he wasn't you know first choice every every week but I thought he'd certainly done enough last season to show that he could you know if he'd got a chance that he could maintain a place in the side regularly and I'm, I'm again I'm quite surprised quite surprised Spurs let him go so easily but I don't know what you guys think about that well to be honest yeah I think when he he, he did get let go I mean there was no kind of protracted transfer about it. It seemed to be one yeah. afternoon, oh, Stephen Colker's gone to Cardiff. Well, that's a bit random. But, I mean, I know a few people had their concerns that the few appearances he did made, he looked a bit off the pace and got caught out a couple of times. But it's to be expected with a young defender and someone that doesn't play regularly. So I think yeah. everyone was very much looking forward to him. You know, it's always nice when someone from the academy comes up and founds himself in the team. Um there's a few murmurs, but nothing really substantiated about his attitude behind the scenes that he almost felt entitled to now be a first team starter. Um, mm. And if he wasn't going to get that, then he wanted to leave. Um, so it, it could be maybe something down to that. 
I don't know. I mean, we maybe just told it to him straight that he wasn't going to be a first team yet with Kabul coming back for Tongan in there and to wait and take his chance. And maybe he just decided he wanted first team football. Well, it's quite yeah. obvious that he decided that. Yeah. But. I mean, you can't, you can't, um, I mean, if that's what you wanted and he's honest and he's honest, honest enough to say to the club, look, if you're not going to play me every week and I want to go, then, and you're willing to let me go, then I think, you know, that's, that's fair enough. You can't begrudge him the, the fact that he wants to go out and play it week in, week out. Um, like, you know, like you said, it was weird that it just seemed to happen in one afternoon. There was no rumours. There was, it was just, oh yeah, Stephen Colker's signed for Cardiff City. Um, and it was, uh, it's weird. I mean, you could see on the, you could see on the weekend, he's somebody who hasn't played regularly, I think, yeah. against West Ham. You know, he, he got caught out of position a few times. Um, but I, honestly, when, when, when he, when they announced that he had signed for Cardiff, I was genuinely like, all oh, right, this is them staying up then. Because I thought he was he was that good for us in our first season when he had that run of games. Mm. You could tell at the start, you know, like you said, he was young, a little bit inexperienced. But when 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 a player is that age, they need that run of games to gain to gain that confidence. And then he you know he settled into our team no problem. You, you would have thought he'd come through our ranks, you know. And and uh, it was a shame that we couldn't have got him on for another season. To be perfectly honest, I do um, think it's strange that you didn't go in for. I mean, do you, do you know any? Were you even linked with him at all? Or? Not, not at all, no. Um, I, I'm surprised there was no inquiries whatsoever, um, mainly because, it, you know, it, it, it was an it's an area that we were sh- um, short of cover last season. I know we, we've gone and signed Jordi Amat from Espanyol for for two and a half million, but you know, again, he's a, he's another another youngster who is new to the Premier League, and so. We've got obviously Gary Monkey's the club captain, but you know he's not going to play many more make uh, many appearances apart from in, in the cups, perhaps. So um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed that the club didn't even perhaps even ask if he was available, um, because obviously as a player coming back into a system that he knows and he would have slotted straight back in no problem, and he, he already had that understanding with Ashley Williams from from our first season in the Premier League, so. I mean, what do you think, Raj? You, you sad to see him go. I was initially. I did seem think it was a, a strange deal to begin with. But the more I've thought about it, and it was yourself that wrote an article about the actual coaching staff that we have, and our coaching setup is pretty much there to, to help promote. And- How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Wow! Nice! Yeah! 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And um, bring up players from the youth systems and then create first-team players. And if we don't create first-team players, sell them on for a profit so that we can justify the reason that we've got this academy structure in place. The more I thought about it, the more I kind of convinced myself that if Andre Villas-Boas and his backroom staff don't see him fulfilling the potential or playing to the level to which they aspire to be, which, given the amount of money we spent this summer, is very high, then I've got no problem with him leaving the club whatsoever because... What's the point in keeping around a player that's going to be deadwood just because he's come through the academy? There's, there's got to be some point where you can't have um, any sort of sympathy or any sort of empathy just because somebody's been at the club for a long time. It's a, unfortunately, it's a, it's a business-oriented game at the end of the day. So you've got to you've got to make a decision on him right there and then. Nine million pounds now, or carry on paying his his wages to sit on the bench for the next few years and have a yeah. possibly disgruntled player. Playing the Europa League or something like that. I mean, it is a shame for the lad. I think you know, if he if he'd have come through the ranks a few years ago, he would have definitely founded himself in the team. But it's just it just so coincides with us. I think picking up Vertonghen, who we all knew was going to be good, but not quite as good as he seems to have turned out to be. Anyway, at least in my understanding of who we were signing, um, and Kabul coming back as well. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think um, he's of a level that isn't isn't the same as they are I mean Jan Vertonghen's a footballer that has, has been scouted and has been inquired about by football clubs such as Barcelona and there's there's no mistake about the level at which he can play he's a, he's a Champions League footballer he's somebody that if we don't kick on to the level to which we're aspiring we're in very much danger of losing out to because he's, he's just that good And I was, I was going to say just a shame we're not a fucking Champions League team isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> That's true I'm just yeah. surprised that perhaps um Tottenham didn't try and eke, eke it out a bit um, just until they had because you, you haven't replaced him no I, I don't think and, and and from looking at looking at your squad you're not particularly um, I mean you've got you've got a couple of you've got three centre-backs three first-team centre-backs would you say well, we've actually bought um, Etienne Capou um, who is as comfortable in defensive midfield as he is at centre-back um, so I believe he's been bought with in mind of him playing a dual role if we need him to come on and cover centre midfield for, for a player like Sandro he can or if we need um, centre back cover he, he's perfectly able to do that as well um, but AVB is a, a, a manager even that, that enjoys playing players out of position um, so no idea what's going to happen we'll end up I guess I mean I guess that's not a problem if you're going to be playing uh, say the the smaller teams in the division, the teams that are going to be around the bottom, because you're going to be expecting to have a lot of the ball. Um, so you want a central defender who's going to be comfortable on the ball. Then I guess, isn't it? I can't. I don't know whether I can't see. Do you, I can't see that working against the better teams. If you're if you're short and he's one of your one of only two fit central defenders, do you think that's going to work? 
I mean, I it, depends I'm just how, asking. How, it depends how comfortable he is in the position. I mean, having seen him um, shortly last season for Toulouse, um, where he did mainly play in the uh, centre of midfield, um, mm. he does seem somebody who, who has that ability to read the game. I mean, the stat from this weekend is he played for 33 minutes and he made more interceptions in that time than anybody else in the league. So he obviously can read the game very well. He's a huge guy. I mean, he's he's six foot odd and he's built like a fucking Rick Shithouse. So there's no <laughs> one, who, even from corners or running at him, who's gonna gonna do well to get through him. He's not slow. He's not sluggish. So essentially, he's not Tom Odustan, who we paid for him with the money from. Mm. So um, I, I think if if we've scouted him and we've paid that much money for him, we're obviously fairly secure that he can fill in that role when we want but I think mm. the, the brand of football we're going to be playing this season is, is going to be quite dissimilar to what you're playing I think tactically um, this weekend's game is going to be quite um, interesting because we seem to have, have built a squad which is built on grinding teams down and then hitting them on the break with a front three that are dynamic whereas yeah. behind them you've got very strong very athletic very quick players who will not let anyone pass with very any great ease. We'll be able to let teams draw onto us, and it's almost a bit like a Muhammad Ali's rope up in the, the the way we've got it come onto us, and then in five seconds we'll be at your end because we've nicked the mm. ball and we've we've got the players and the pace to to, to counter. I so just point be... point out at this point that's how we hope it goes. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So, uh, theoretically, mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that's how. From you know, looking at the players that again that you've, well, like you say, from the players you've signed over the summer, I think that's there's there's no other way that, that Tottenham are going to play this season. Are they? They're going to build build on on how you were playing last season, but kind of twice as fast, basically. It's the, the classic kind of Manchester United tactic, isn't it? That they they seem to be defending a set piece, or they've won the ball on the edge of their own area, and the, kind of three passes later, they're in your they're in your penalty area. Oh yeah, it's not pretty, but it works. Mm. So, well, when it when it does work, it, it, I mean, you say it's not pretty. I, I think there's a lot to be said for that quick counter-attacking football. I think it, it uh, I mean, it's not kind of Barcelona pretty, but it's, it is extremely effective, and it does look good when it comes off. Definitely, I think uh, it's it's a good point to mention as well, as we were saying earlier, with Gareth Bale probably missing for you. It's giving. A certain man by the name of Gilfie Sigurdsson, as you know quite well, um, yep. a chance to shine in the centre of the park at the moment. He yeah. he played, I think it was probably one of the first times he's ever started um, behind the striker for us. We're normally playing up kind of on the left. Um, mm. And he seemed to do quite well. Uh, I think that's his best position, definitely. That number 10 role behind the, um, behind the strike, behind the central striker. That's where he played for us, kind of uh, where we want Michu to play now, I guess. I mean, he's got absolutely phenomenal technique. I think that's one of the things that seems to be, I, I don't mm. know, I guess a lot of people overlook. I think it's, it, it sounds silly to say, but I think a lot of people do overlook how good some of our other players are when we had a player like Bale on the pitch. You know, yeah. He seemed to draw all of the plaudits and he would score all the kind of the winning goals. But it was only when you look back over certain things, certain build-up to the goals, um, that you see that players, I mean, like Sigurdsson played, you know, he played, I think phenomenally in the in the patches he did have last year and probably got a lot of undue stick. Um he he didn't seem overly comfortable operating on the left at first, but then he started to kind of get into it towards the end of the season, especially when he was probably getting instructed more to cut inside and you know not maybe go down the go down the flank. Yeah. Um well, I just 
he's just I think he's he's a very like you say he's, he's very gifted technically he's a good passer of the ball he's you know he's he's not uh, uncomfortable in tight situations you know he can um, he's not going to lose the ball that often and he's you know he's obviously good with a dead ball but um, that you saw from that effort he had on, on goal at the weekend the one that was pushed over the bar the kind of ball was mm. behind him he was almost facing the wrong way around the pitch and he swiveled and to get that much power on that shot and, and uh, you know make the keeper stretch yeah, that, that was that was going in uh, and he scored and he scored plenty of goals like that for us when he was on loan for that half season you know he'd the ball would bobble out to him on the edge of the area and it was one touch and he you know it was effortless just passing it, into, it. The top, in, into the top corner in like that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, think I think his record for Swansea um, he played around 18 games so that's about half a season um, scored seven four assists so that's yeah it's not bad if you if you translate that and, and try and make that into a full season, just doing the simple mass of doubling everything. Mm. It's, it's an impressive season for for a, a midfielder that plays as a number ten. Yeah, uh, and I mean, you you had a bit accepted for him before Rogers left. I think it was one of the reasons um, of Rogers Rogers leaving that the deal fell through. Um, yeah, definitely. I he, he, he even said that himself. You know, um, he was he was all set to come and join, and then when obviously Rogers said he was going to Liverpool, he he almost said, you know, well, we know we're going to, we're going to put us, we're going to wait and see what happens. I think he was perhaps expecting Liverpool to come in. Obviously, they did, I believe. Um, Liverpool yeah. tried to to buy him, but I think we we went slightly above what they bid. I think we paid yeah. just under nine million for him. Um, it's a, quite a sore point with Liverpool fans. They seem to have this this strange idea that we just try and watch which players they want to buy. You steal our scouts, isn't it? Like <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, very strange, very strange club is Liverpool and they seem to have this strange I think it's because we spent so many years chasing them because they were always that fourth club and now they're not even anywhere close to us in terms of ability on the pitch they have this sort of uh, inferiority complex with us where they just kind of we're a bigger club than you, you might be better than us now but we're a bigger club, I swear we're a bigger club, have you seen our European trophies? (laughs) It's just really tiresome now especially with, with players like Willian where Liverpool will go yeah we'll give you this much and Tottenham will come in and go we'll give you a couple of million more and you can come and play for us and they'll go yeah that sounds much better yeah. and uh, the Liverpool fans will, will just kick off online because it's such a strange woe is me conspiracy ridden club um, <laughs> we, yeah. won't, we won't go into that one too much for us anyway at the moment, no. um, I can't I mean, wait for the Liverpool one <laughs> yeah. they're going to hang up on you mate yeah. But, uh, I mean, one of the things that's often said about him, I would say in terms of criticism, um, and I, you know, it, it does seem to be quite just, is that he he does seem to be, for for a player that looks quite big, he gets bullied quite easily, Sigurdsson. I mean, did you ever see anything like that with him at, at Swansea? Um, not, uh, not, not particularly, I, I, I would say. I think he was pretty... And we would kind of accept the fact that, obviously, he was the creative player, Um and that you know, if he if he did lose the ball, then it was somebody else's job to win it back. I don't think it was anything that we were particularly too worried about. Um, but I mean, he's not. He's quite a tall guy. I don't think he's particularly not particularly wide, is he? No. So, no. Um, but no, and that's nothing that I don't think we were particularly worried about when he was with us. So we, we were just for that half a season, we were just so grateful to have somebody in that position who could score that if he we were prepared to kind of put up with him losing the ball every now and again and it was somebody else's job to win it back so um, 
I mean, I know it's folly to talk about speculation, but a couple of players that we've been linked to this afternoon, I think if they come off like Lamella and Willian, if we bring in a couple of players like that, I, I wouldn't be overly surprised to see you know, someone like Sigurdsson go back on loan to, to you in January you kind of time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think he's in a tough spot at the moment because at the moment he's kind of thinking, is Bale going to be here or is there going to be someone coming in if Bale goes and where does that leave me? And mm. it, it seems a bit unfair to the lad because we brought him in with this kind of promise that he was going to be up there competing. And to be honest with you, I don't know if that's because we weren't fully expecting Bale to be quite as good as he you know, came to be. Yeah. Um, and whether or not Sigurdsson was brought to be kind of competition to go alongside Bale or to kind of fill the void that Rafa van der Vaart left when he left. I think he's more that. I think he was more of a... I, I, I personally saw him as more of a, that kind of van der Vaart um, uh, replacement. But um, I guess, yeah, I guess if... I mean, obviously if Bale goes... Then you, with that money, you're going to bring in at least two players, aren't you? So, and um, everybody seems to be buying attacking midfielders at the minute. So, um, I mean, if, if, if there's, there's players at every club's that are finding it hard to get games. I mean, even the amount of players Chelsea have got in those positions, and there's no one there that are guaranteed games, is there? So, I think they just um, buy them to stop anyone else having them, don't they? Yeah, that's true. I guess. Seems a reasonably decent tactic if you've got that much money, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about decent, but you know it's a tactic. At least, yeah, yeah. It? yeah. Um, I mean, well, talking about people buying people, have Arsenal lodged an official bid for Mitchell and Williams, or is it still just speculation? As I think well? it's just. I think it's just speculation. To be perfectly honest, and um, I'm, I'm quite. I'm reasonably confident that we'll keep both. To be perfectly honest, um, we don't. Mm. It would have to be good money, wouldn't it? I think it would have to be a, it would have to be a seriously um, crazy bid for us to part with, you know, either of them. Both of them won't go. That's for sure. We're not a club that needs the money. Um, you know, we're on really sound financial footing, um, and I think it's got got to a point in in the transfer window now where we can say, you know, just no. To be perfectly honest, everybody else seems to be saying no to Arsenal as well. So why not us? <laughs> um, I think if I think um, personally, if one will go, it'll be Ashley Williams. Um, if they're gonna if they're gonna make a bid for both players, that is, I think the player that is most likely to go would be Ashley Williams, mainly because of the amount of time he's been with us and his age. Um, and I think, and because I think Michu, um, you know, he's only been with us for a season, and I think, I think, he, I think he. I think he wants to stay um, because of the manager and because of the number of other Spaniards that have come come in as well. And, and he fits the style so well. Um, I'm not sure whether he would fit in. I mean, Arsenal play a similar style to us, but a meet meet them by Michu is almost like a panic buy. It's like, oh, well, we need a we need a, a forward style player. Let's bid for them. Whereas I think they need they probably need Ashley Williams more than they need Michu. I mean, I'm su- I'm surprised to be honest that not you know more what you would call maybe high-profile teams haven't gone after Michu because, I mean, at first everyone was kind of like, yeah, you know, give him a bit of time. First, you know, one season wonder, yada, yada, mm. yada. But you could see, like, there were flashes of him when he played it. You could see he is a, a, a truly quality footballer. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense for the, the bigger sides to um, wait another season to see if he can reproduce that form. I mean, it's 
his price isn't going to go up a great deal over the next season if if he does it again, really, because of the because of the size of our of our club, I guess. Um, and it would be especially at this time of the transfer them lodging a bid for him now. His price is going to go up because it's you know a week and a half, two weeks before the end of the transfer window. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised nobody's come in from earlier. I'm surprised nobody's come in for Ash- that Arsenal hadn't come in for Ashley Williams earlier as well. But um, you know, they, they've all been all the, the kind of top four, five, six clubs. They've all been chasing the same players, really, haven't they? I guess so. And what's to say go anyway? You know, you won a trophy last year, and Arsenal haven't won one for quite some time, as we like to point out. So. Exactly, exactly. So he's got more chance of winning one with us, surely. <laughs> Exactly, I think it's uh, I think it's, it's good times for you, and I, I hope it does continue. But just as long as you're not uh, fighting with us for anything, so you know. <laughs> uh, in the Europa League, you never know. Uh, well, yeah, true actually, but uh, like I say, goodwill only extends so far, you know. <laughs> so I guess I'd take it to some questions from some of the listeners now that they've posted yeah, to us on Twitter. Um, we had uh, a friend of ours called Windy Windy Coys who has asked you. How do you see Pozzulo? Pozzulo? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like the typical <laughs> Brit abroad in a restaurant, aren't I? You know, <laughs> Can I have a Uno Pozzulo, please, Matos? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> hey, how do you see Pozzulo fitting in? And also, do you think Michu will play as a number 10 and Boney as a number 9, mostly? Um, the second question, second part of that, yes, definitely. Michu is going to play behind um, Boney if they're both fit. Um I mean, Michu said himself that's his preferred position, and and that's why we've bought Boney because you know Michu's not a not a striker, and um, we needed that recognised number nine, I guess, um, so that Michu could play the kind of his more natural game. Um, for Pozzulo, Pozuelo, I'm not sure how to pronounce him, his name myself either. How, how do I see him fitting in? Well, when he signed, I think a lot. Swansea fans were under the impression that he was a—he's he's an attacking midfielder, that he, but he was more central. And I think that is where he's played a lot of his games in Spain. But throughout pre-season and and the um, Europa League games, he's he's come on and as, as a wide as a, as a wide player as one of the wingers. Um, and you know he did he did okay when he came on against Malmo and when we beat them at home he came on and scored towards the end but he didn't look particularly comfortable if I'm perfectly honest out wide he was he didn't stay out wide very much he got got sucked in into the centre quite a lot to what obviously is his more natural position um, but I guess Laudrup's going to persist with him out wide um, given the amount of games that he's played out there so far in the season at the moment. Okay. Um, we've got one from at Connor Dean who says, um, since you're now an established club, trophy winners, what would you say that you would prefer this year? Um, or, well, what do you prefer, he says, um, league or cup success? Um, I would assume from a... league success he means top four European football or winning a cup. Um, well, I think we... I think... We have to keep ourselves as an established side. Um, we have to, that has to be the main aim, you know, kind of aim aim for the top ten. Um, but I think, yeah, I think we're going to give the cup competitions. There's no reason why we shouldn't give the cup competitions 100% this season. We showed last season that, you know, it was only the the league cup, but there's no reason why you can't kind of combine both and be successful at both. So um, 
yeah, another cup run would be nice. I hope perhaps focus more on the Europa League than the domestic cups, but I think the the main the main aim has to be to kind of um, maintain that kind of mid table position for us. That's, do, you that's where the majority... do you think your Sorry. squad's big enough for uh, Europa League and and the league? Because um, the Europa League is a, a long competition, and a, uh... you're going to be going to some far flung, strange places with that squad. Yeah, it's Kane does like to be fair year after year. Yeah, I think. Um, if everyone stays fit, yes. It all depends how seriously we take the domestic cups, I guess. If if we get through to the group stages, me personally, I, um, I wouldn't be too disappointed if we're knocked out of the League Cup and the FA Cup early on, if we get through to the group stages of the Europa League, because it, it will mean that there's obviously less games for us and um, we can focus on the League and the Europa League Given both hundred um, percent, squad certainly better than it was last year. We've we've now got two players in every position who can compete for that s- spot in the starting eleven. Um, but I mean, look at Newcastle. They've you know they they've got more resources than us. They've got more money than us. They got had a bigger squad than us last year, and they struggled. So they have got Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew. Yeah. <laughs> this is true. I didn't tell you. I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I think I think. Um, I'd be happy. Obviously, I'd love to see us in the group stages. And if we didn't get out of the group, I wouldn't be too disappointed. I don't think many Swans fans would be too disappointed either. It's a, it's a chance. You know, it's a guaranteed what six games is it you play in the group? Um, I mean, I do mean, you think after the group, what would you, what would you prefer? Would you like to see yourself get as far as you can in Europa, or would you like to quite swing one of the? Yeah, you know, if there's say a, a decent sized Champions League reject comes down and into Milan or a. An AC Milan, of, well, I don't think Valencia are in there anymore. But um, what, you know, a team of that kind of caliber, would you like to face them in the second round, or would you still prefer to go as far as you could in Europa? No, you want to play the best teams, don't you? I True. mean, Jesus, I can't remember the last time a team that size, you know, from Europe came came down to Swansea to play. So it's been a while. So no, you want to play the big, you want to play the biggest teams and the best teams and. It, it, it's a bonus for us to be there at the minute. To be perfectly honest, it's just it's just a bit of a party for us at the minute. You know, the novelty the novelty factor is there, so we don't care who we play. And that's not, not even to say, to be fair to you, it's not even to say you wouldn't beat a team of that size anyway. So you know, well, yeah, maybe over two legs. It depends how seriously they take it, I guess. But I mean, our, our style of play is probably suited pretty well for playing in Europe. Definitely, um, probably smaller clubs than ours have. I've done well in Europe. Teams like Villarreal have, you know, they've got they've been to the Champions League semi-finals and stuff. So Fulham, um, Fulham and Middlesbrough both got into the final. So exactly, yeah. So yeah, no, there's no reason why not if we give it 100 percent that we can't get far in the competition. But I'm not going to be too disappointed if we. I'd be disapp- I, I, I wouldn't now be disappointed if we don't get to the group stages. But if we don't get past that, I won't be disappointed. To be honest, uh, we'll see you in the final, Chris. That's it. Hopefully, so, sorry, well, that, mate. yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we've had another question as well from at Wayno Miller, who says Spurs struggle to break teams down. The Swans conceded only one goal through preseason. How do they see the game going after conceding forty United? Um. Uh. It'll be tight. I think our the, the games between the two of us have been reasonably. I mean, we've played what four? We played each other four times, drawn one. We've lost the other three to, but they've always been by the odd goal or two. And they haven't. Neither side's particularly run away with it. I think it'll be tight. Um, 
uh, I'd be happy with a draw, but we got a pretty t- we got a pretty crap start to the season, to be honest. Our fixtures haven't been too kind. I can't. You, you get it out of the way at least, though. This is true, but then you say that. But if you want to run a if you want to run of bad results, then that kind of negativity can set in, I guess. Can you? That's no, nice. I think I think the United result, the score line was a was a bit was a bit freakish. There's no reason. I mean, there's, the team's no different from what it was against Manchester United, so and we were expected to do well against them. So there's no reason why we can't um, do well this weekend. I guess I'd be happy with a draw. But it's going to be it's going to be extremely tough. I mean, um, to be honest, being a Spurs fan, I you know, I I'd never adopt that mentality of oh you know we should beat this lot like never ever ever. But that aside, I would never say that Swansea, even when you first got promoted, was a team mm. that I would see as like yeah no we'll, we'll turn this lot over. I've always seen it as you know you're a, you're a tricky outfit, you're well organised you can play football as well. So you know because given that we're a team that likes to to play, we do always leave ourselves vulnerable on the counter and you know just in open play generally anyway. So yeah. it, it's good to have a you know as I guess yeah. uh, from an objective perspective, it's good to have a, a game like this where everyone's going to come and play. Yeah, I mean we did quite well against some of the bigger sides last season. You know, we beat Arsenal and then Chelsea away, so um, there's no reason if we throw up that kind of performance why we can't get something out of it, but we can't defend like we did on the weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess yeah, you, you can be diplomatic if you want, Chris, but you know, generally speaking, what what would you say the consensus around Spurs is from, from Swansea? I mean, do you... Is there a particular fan? I mean, it opened my eyes the other day um, going through the old Crystal Palace forum, seeing the amount of vitriol that we seem to attain from them. I've always quite liked Palace personally, but <laughs> I think all these plaudits like a prawn sandwich and all this kind of thing were flying around, which I think is a bit strong, to be honest, to throw at Spurs. But, you know. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, there's no, there's no real dislike of any of the other than Stoke, really, because of the way they've played, you know, um, since we've been in the Premier League, but you know all the a lot of the other clubs, there's no there's no real kind of uh, dislike or like really. I mean, Liverpool perhaps now because Rodgers has gone there. Um, but yes, Stoke's the only side that we really don't. Obviously, Cardiff now, but um, I, I, I don't I don't think anybody minds Spurs. They like the they like the way they play and. Um, as long as it, as long as the team is playing in a similar similar style to ourselves, I think uh, I don't think anybody minds. To be perfectly honest, and of course we're, we're all white. Gonna... So, yeah, exactly. Know, that that's not any racist connotation there, by the way. Anyone listening, yeah. like you know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, I'll move swiftly on from that. I mean, I'm how do you see? Power. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> you're northern, though, Reg. So you know, yeah. it's come par for the course. <laughs> yep. uh, how how do you see the game going, Reg? Um, as I said earlier, I think it's tactically going to be really interesting to watch. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to be at a festival, so I'm going to have to catch up on the highlights. But um, in terms of um, like the actual breakdown of the play, I think it's it's going to be one that's almost going to be one on the training field and on the tactics board as much as it is on the field. Um, because there's two very capable managers with two very capable squads. And the two two playing styles that are just as likely to, to cancel each other out as they are to 
end in a game that's going to end 10-9 to one side or the other. So it could be absolutely batshit or it could be boring. <laughs> I think, so, I'm wondering whether bo- either both sides are going to be a, a, afraid to keep hold of the ball for any length of time because they know that, well, well, we know of Spurs specifically, and we've mentioned it already, because of your, because you're so good on the counter-attack, and because of that, some, that's something that we've developed over the last couple of years, and that's where we've got a lot of our goals, whether the ball's just going to be pinged back, and perhaps it's not going to be, a, I don't know, I'm just thinking perhaps it's not going to be as pretty a game as, as we think, and, I, and both sides aren't going to want to keep the ball for any length of time, because they know there's the risk of being uh, conceded a goal, quickly on the counter-attack yeah um, I think um, Swansea in terms of when you've played at White Hart Lane more specifically you have seemed to have have paid us some respect um, for want of a better phrase in terms that you have kind of almost allowed us onto you so Mm. you have sat a bit deeper I remember last season Ashley Williams having an absolutely unbelievable game where he was almost a magnet to the ball anywhere inside the box he must have blocked more goal bound shots in that one game alone than I've seen anyone else ever because he he was everywhere Um, Mm. but it it is a game that is likely to, to both teams will probably score and it's whichever team scores third so whoever whoever kicks on really that's going to yeah. go away with it so it's it's going to be who's, who's more clinical and, and what's going on but I think um, I think it'd be interesting if, if Boney gets a start because we, as I say with this new uh, supposedly muscle men laden formation and team of ours it'll be interesting test for him to see how they stand up to a man who is a, a battering ram to see how we can do against them so I am, I am looking forward to, to seeing how this one plays out Um I do have a sneaking suspicion that with the manager that we've got and the, the players we've brought in, we, we will probably just pip it at home. But um, yeah, it's not going to be th- easy. It's not going to be easy. No, I think I, I think yeah. In all, I think in all honesty, it will be a, it'll probably you know it will be a home win, and it but it will be only by the odd goal, like maybe two one, maybe three two, depending on how adventurous the, the the teams are. But I think weirdly, our best hope of winning would be just to let you have the ball to be perfectly honest and just to like you said let you kind of let let you come on to us and and we play on the counter-attack yeah similar performance to the one you gave at the Emirates where you you kind of sustained them for 80 minutes and then just hit them twice on the bridge that's perfect oh that was incredible (laughs) it was pretty yeah but you guys enjoyed that (laughs) I've said it before whenever Arsenal lose it it warms my heart just as much if not more than when Tottenham win (laughs) I couldn't live in a world where Arsenal weren't. You had a good weekend then. Around, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a perfect starting weekend. So you're going with two-one or three-two, Chris? I'm going to go two-two-one. Two, I don't think I don't think we're going to be as as dodgy at the back this week. I think we've learned, learned our lessons. Hopefully. What do you reckon, Raj? Um, I'll go for two-one. Uh, Paulinho to score. I thought you were about to say four something. I was thinking, bloody hell, mate! Chill <laughs> out, <right>? two-one. <laughs> Yeah, probably I'll go two one Spurs as well. Um, but uh, I mean, anyone aside for the obvious, anyone you would say would be worth us looking out for at all, Chris? Um, uh, Pablo Hernandez came on and did well on the weekend. He had a bit of a slow start for us last season. Um, I don't know whether he kind of took time to acclimatise to the, you know, it's that old cliche, acclimatise to the pace of the Premier League. Um, but he came on and really kind of gave us that extra bit going forward in the second half against Manchester United. So I've got a feeling he's going to start. Um, was he playing on the right? 
he Could... came on for Routledge. He came in from. He was coming in from the left. Oh, I was going to say because if he plays on the right, then we've got we've got Danny Rose at left back. So he. It could be someone that you target in terms of a wide man being able to take him on. It's going to be interesting to see Dyer, uh, Nathan Dyer and, and Danny Rose face up against each other because I think they're about both about two feet tall, aren't they? And <laughs> they can both run at 100 miles an hour. So that's going to be interesting watching them chase each other up and down that touchline for 90 minutes. Um, don't know. Obviously, apart from Michu and Boney, I think Hernandez. I think he's going to kick on for us this season. I think he's going to get more games than he did last year. Definitely. And also, I think John Joe Shelby as well. I think he showed. It was a kind of a 50 50 split, I think, in the fans when he signed. It was like, why are we signing this guy for this much money? It was a bit of a waste of money, but I was quite excited by it because I I saw it. You could see that potential in him in the Europa League games when they were. when Liverpool played last year, and I think he, he must have scored three or four goals in about seven appearances. And um, he looked good on the weekend. He was somebody who was able to spray the ball about, not just you know quick one-twos between each other, but he was able to switch the play, which isn't from midfield, which is something we we haven't had up till now. Um, so maybe John Joe Shelby as well. And he's he's good at swimming as well, isn't he? Sorry, I had to chuck that in just for a joke. Um, well, I guess that would be a fine point to say. Thanks very much for joining us this evening, Chris. Um, I'd, I'd say good luck for the game, but once again, you know, it kind of uh, goes against the point yeah. of competition, really, doesn't it? Yeah, it's but, true. But good luck for the rest of the season, though, mate. And, and yourselves as well. Thank you, mate. And, and for anyone that wants to check out Chris's blog, it's swansblog.co.uk. I know lots of Spurs fans are particularly, you know, have an interest in Swansea, so it is worth checking out. It's a nice site. Very um, well written. Of course. And you can also listen to any past episodes of Rule the Roost on SpursStatman.com and follow us on RTRSSM. Yeah, that nice free-flowing Twitter handle. Nice one, Jack. I came up with that one. But anyway, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.